Hello, Phoebe. This is hey, Gemma, Gemma speaking. Hey, Gemma, this is Phoebe speaking. Welcome to Money Can't Buy You Class. It's Phoebe and Gemma here. And today we're joined by our second guest. Their name is Chris. Um, they are a fellow connoisseur of reality television, specifically the Real Housewives franchise and a little bit of the Kardashians. They have their own podcast, which is uh, much more intellectual than ours, but they have taken it upon themselves to come up from their highbrow cloud and join us down here on the lowbrow. So welcome to Chris. Yay, welcome. Hey, very happy to be here. Huge fan of the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. Really, really blessed and feel very grateful to be your second guest. We're blessed to have you. So we, I just finished watching the fifth episode of season 20 of the Kardashians. And um, this episode, the aliens were the focus. And last week, the focus was bunkers. So the Kardashians are doing some deep dives into some, some strange topics. And I think we should talk about that because they're, they're zooming with specialists. They're doing field research. They're getting in there. And I think their pranks have elevated to a more disturbing tone. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about this week because this week we also had, um, so not only did we have the alien foray, which is which comes after the, the week of the bunker um, with the Kardashians, but we also were introduced to uh, the season 11 trailer for the Housewives of Beverly Hills. And with that, uh, Gemma, Chris, and I, we all three of us watched uh, this YouTube documentary um, called the the case against Tom Girardi. Shameful right? case of Tom Girardi. The shameful case of Tom Girardi, which, as as many of you may know, but if you if you don't know, Tom Girardi is Erica Girardi, more commonly known as Erica Jane. It's her soon to be ex husband. So there's a lot to talk about this week, but we can let's start on the Kardashians. There is a lot of aliens. Um, they keep getting more and more boring. Courtney had a fake little work drama. For me, the most important, most intriguing part of this whole episode was that in the first 10 minutes, Kim had yet another dolphin sighting, which strangely seems to be a, a theme in every single episode. Kim says, I see a dolphin. Or she, she hints that they do exist. And has anybody else seen one? What's also weird about that is that usually she'll say, I see a dolphin. Oh, wait. Is that a dolphin? No, I don't think it's a dolphin. And the same thing happened this time because she said to Stormy, who's Kylie's kid, did you see a dolphin? Oh. And Stormy goes, no, I did not see a dolphin. And Kim <laughs> goes, then what was it that you saw? Occam's Razor says Kim just like always thinks she sees dolphins and never sees a dolphin, just thinks anything is a dolphin. But I tend to think there's more evidence to suggest that dolphins are seeking Kim out. Because <laughs> I think it's sort of like, you know, how dolphins are like the, probably the most intelligent creature on earth. People think they are probably oh. extraterrestrials themselves. And we have this UFO phenomenon with Chloe. Chloe and who else? Tristan. Isn't someone else? Yeah, but who in the Kardashian family had also seen a UFO? Maybe Chris. it's Chris. Chris. Chris and Chloe. That's how it started is Chris was like, 
it was here fucking my boyfriend Corey the other night and we heard a noise so I went to go see what it was and it was a UFO but they're silent right so now I can't sleep here anymore right so yeah it seems like the aliens are trying to make contact in some way but what I love about it is when they made contact in the episode you know they're like out there with their beams yeah and they're trying to make contact including makes contact she suddenly gets weirdly scared and is like all right we're done let's go inside and they just Mm -hmm. run inside I'm like I thought that was the point like I thought that was what you were looking you know instead it was like something had gone wrong I think it shows that they don't really want the contact they just want the the mystery of the other you know in this case yes and I and I would say too so your point I'm loving the dolphin extraterrestrial connection that's really Mm -hmm. good I also would say that much like Kim maybe is being sought out by dolphins or they're trying to give her some sort of message, Chloe really believes herself to be connected with the supernatural world. She really feels as though she can, she has some sort of psychic, she has some sixth sense. And I actually think that that has a lot to do with the fact that she's a cancer. I don't know. I think cancers feel, I am a cancer. And I think every emotion that other people feel can be so clear to you that it does feel a little bit like a second sight I think and I so that's my that's my theory for Chloe but you know I think that's an interesting question is is what powers do the Kardashians have in terms of reaching higher realms? that's an interesting point and something something else that happened with the exchange with Chloe and the um extraterrestrials is she gets scared you know she hops up she goes this is getting too real Mm-hmm. And then she scuttles inside, yeah. um, Tristan lagging behind. And you know, I think that we see we see this a lot in the in the housewives that they you know they're on reality television. Um, that much is clear. But in the moments where they're like, "This is too scary," or they don't want to be filmed, they go, "This is too real," and they they kind of run away. Yeah. Um, I think that like the big joke. This season on the Kardashians is that like Tristan and Chloe are obviously having sex. That's like the real part. The real part is that they're having sex. And I think that like, what, like midnight and they're watching for UFOs and she like makes an excuse to run inside and be like comforted oh. with Tristan. They're obviously going to have sex or something. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, what are, what are they even doing? Like what, what's, what's, is it the UFO that's too real or is it their hidden relationship that's too real? I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I think, but I think that Chloe gave herself away that she's not actually that connected to the supernatural because if you were connected to the supernatural, you wouldn't be afraid of the aliens. Right. You'd be like, who are you? Let's mm-hmm. get to know one another, you know? it was very annoying because at first she seems kind of into it. And then she's just, by the time she's sending a message to them on that balloon, she's just joking around. And I don't think the aliens are going to be very happy when they find themselves being made fun of. Yeah. And thinking about it from a exo-anthropological perspective, I assume, you know, aliens monitoring our culture and with, you know, the semiotic differences and trying to translate what's going on, to them, I think it's like, oh, these, you know, one of the human cultural leaders is trying to reach us. And they're like, well, let's send them a signal, you know? And they're mm-hmm. just fucking around with it, you know? Mm-hmm. They're sending them messages where they're like, the first thing they said is like, we, we'll give you a list of houses to attack. Oh yeah, that was weird. That was weird. But it's like this type of like cultural irony, you know what I mean? Where it's like when they, like if Khloe Kardashian, who is a cult, like an American cultural leader, like, 
when the aliens contact her to say like stop doing whatever like you know the the world's gonna fall apart you're obviously someone people listen to tell them that we should start making atom bombs or like shit like that Mm -hmm. like she she responds in disbelief and then with irony and I think that that's kind of this like classic way of I don't. I, there's something as we as I, don't, I think that there's something there. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's I like it's like disbelief, do. and then it's irony as types of like levels of protection mm-hmm. against the unknown, which is mm-hmm. in their case like beings which could be more powerful than there. Right. But I do like the idea that aliens are like it's like very Rick and Morty. I like the idea that aliens are like these are the American cultural leaders, and we need to get in touch well, with are. them. They are. They are the American. They have like the Lombard the widest uh reach audience. the biggest audience yeah it's international as well well i also would say that idea of them with the unknown they are seeking some sort of education in these episodes right they, they are seeking the information from a specialist so because also they're because they're also wealthy you know they do get access to all the specialists in every field and, and like whenever I hear specialists I always think of like the doctor which we know they know they know the specialists who are doing the best whatever to like plastic surgery but I think that they are they are seeking some sort of yeah they are in some ways educating themselves but I think what's kind of disturbing about it is that they're educating themselves on things that are really really banal and stupid <laughs> Yeah, because they have the time and that's like where their head is going, you know? Right. That's why, yeah, my my running theory is there's uh, rich people, especially, and I think this is especially like exponentially true about the Kardashians, have like a societal hypochondria where they they think that like everything is, I think there's like the physical hypochondria where they're, they're often like trying to keep things very clean and are like kind of scared of like things getting dirty or like you know illnesses and have like actual hypochondria but there's also like this belief that the illness both physically and metaphorically is like society there's some illness in society that they need to escape from so they're like what if like society is like actually extremely ill and sick and they don't really want to catch it but they feel like oh but we like benefit from this society so their minds are weirdly heading towards like what if we had a bunker, you know, like, what if, what if aliens, what if we need to contact aliens, you know, in the future? I think it's sort of like the logical next step of that hypochondria, where they're just like, thinking about leaving the earth, you know, or right burrowing themselves deep inside the earth, you know. And it's about survival. It's like this idea right. of like, lasting, staying alive, like, you know, they... They want to survive. Like, I feel like, like we've all seen the Kardashians like do stupid shit for years and like have stupid little pranks. But like, I feel like this season, this past couple episodes have been, they have a different tone to them. Like they have a different, like the vibe of bunkers and aliens is different than what we're used to seeing. And I think that COVID has a lot to do with these new, newer obsessions because the bunker obviously makes sense because it's like, there's a pandemic, this could happen again. Um, and that's a literal sickness, right? Which is interesting. And can I can I say something that just popped into my mind though? Because Please. so I just thought about the relationship between what you just said, Jem. So here, maybe maybe here's how I should put it. It's like um, I think during COVID, 
I think a lot of individuals, including celebrities, started focusing on certain technologies and certain like themes of their lives. I guess what it seems like is it's if they've never thought about them like that before, like the notion of staying home, like all of a sudden there's this emphasis on staying home, but you watch these shows and you realize that for years and years, their whole platform has been about homemaking and staying home. They've been preparing for years. Right. Yeah. Their whole careers have been in preparation for like, like, a, like a social, political, uh, environmental collapse. Yeah. yeah. And I think that now, because there's like capitalized language, they can, they can treat it as something that's like a type of irony. Cause we know like, they're not going to buy a bunker. They're like, they don't actually believe in UFOs. But it's also just like they're saying it and they pass it off as a type of narrative structure to like obfuscate the fact that like they probably have for years been investing in bunkers. But like the show is this like unreality that's marketed so people believe what they're saying. But then I was also thinking about kind of that led me to a thought about what you said, Jim, but you were talking about how Scott, apparently there's like a rumor going yeah. around that when he dates someone, he like deeply encourages them, including by like monetarily supporting them to get plastic surgery to look like the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. So I that's related to me somehow. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is about the bunker thing is like, I bet they have a bunker. But like, how different are their houses from a bunker? You know, like they, they already have these huge kind of tomb-like structures where everything they own is perfect and, and like, it's all there and they just can stay there. And that was like a thing at the beginning of COVID, like celebrities, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, whoever, like videoing from his hot tub being like, we're all in this together, like stay right. home, you know? And like, that's right. the thing that I think the Kardashians, obviously like that's, you're talking about them preparing like I feel like all celebrities to some degree or wealthy people are are suited for this right are, are better suited to survive and that's right. of course like you know a, a whole whole like tangent and stuff but I I do see what you're saying about the the way that Scott wants people to look wants his girlfriends to look for the Kardashians like there's a real there's uncanniness to it and there's like a wanting it to to create a world that's like exactly the way you want it like you can you can make people's faces different that feels very sci-fi and creepy <laughs> and there's like I feel like there's also like uh this is this is like language play but there's like a type of preparation that has to do with both of them there's like the preppers you know that's like the bunker that's almost like a like you could even say the alien thing fits into the bunker thing not only because it's like sci-fi-ish but also because you're like preparing for the next stage in the world when either there you know you can't live terrestrially Mm -hmm. or there's like an alien invasion or whatever but there's also a preparation in terms of like prepare it like 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 a bodily preparation like when you're putting on makeup or something like that or like or you even think of like preparing a corpse or something Mm -hmm. so so there is a type of preparation that's going on with like scott who obviously his desirable object of choice is courtney or chloe (laughs) but that's like that's like gossipy realm um of like preparing his future girlfriends to to look like them because if he can't have them, what he can't have 
is like their butts or yeah. something or like their their facial structures or I, I don't know like maybe if you like you can't I've never kissed someone with like lip fillers but I would assume that like if you get the same lip fillers from the same person like those lips are probably going to feel the same right so I think there's something to be said about like becoming a rich person about like something about the consequences of that like material reality where like every like you know top 10 richest people in the world have their own space program you know like why do they all do that or like why do they all try and become immortal you know like the guy from oracle is trying to do like cryogenics or like you know they either do that or they like try and go to space i think the kardashians are reaching that phase of like of like weird paranoia that you get if you're rich apparently where you're like I need it now. Like, apparently everything can go wrong, you know? Yeah. Well, and I would say also, like, I mean, Kim has gone through, like, her safety was deeply threatened. Right. And, like, I don't think they feel safe. Like, I don't think they feel safe because, like, they are always going to be targets. I mean, prayers to food God in his recovery from his robbery, which honestly sounds like he planted it to get pressed. But, like, right. you know, like, the, like, like Kylie had a stalker, Kendall had somebody like break into the house. Like the thing is, that's weird to me is like, I watch that and I'm like, I feel so bad for them. Like, can you imagine being like so afraid of like everybody? And it's like, no, I don't really feel bad. Like, like I think so a lot of people would say that if you're rich, you are safe. Like you are, like we're talking about with COVID, like those people are much safer than the rest of the world, but they have the most desire to like have a backup plan. As Erica Jane famously saying, it's expensive to be me. Exactly. The, the richer you are, the more expensive it is to live your daily life because you got to pay for the bodyguards. You got to, you got to pay for the fucking crazy valet parking for your mm-hmm. Lamborghinis. Um, yeah. You got to pay for the gas for the Lamborghinis. The bigger your house is, the more AC you need. And that's like the funny thing with Sonia Morgan in uh, Real Housewives in New York is she has like this gorgeous townhouse. But then she will like say, uh, she'll be like, oh, fuck, like we don't have any hot water this month. Yeah. So she's, yeah. she is like living in this Falling type apart. of like tomb or yeah. this like mausoleum of like the ghosts of like JP Morgan. And I there's, hate that like, with the townhouse is wild. No, it's just, I, I think that that's like, that's it. Like it's, it, it's ex- like you reach a certain amount of wealth and we could probably, if we were better at math, we could like make a graph or something, but like you reach a certain amount of wealth where it probably costs, you're probably less wealthy because of the amount of money you need to spend to maintain your wealth and your image. Right. And I, I think like, in to some degree, like this is what's happening with the Kardashians is like, you know, it gets more expensive, it gets more expensive, like the lip fillers get more, their butts are rounder, Kylie shaped more like a pear. Like it's like, boom, 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 boom. And I feel like the reason this season is weird is because it's like, they're like at this end point, like they're at the end. Like there's nothing more that they can do except like go underground. I think the COVID thing has put that into perspective because I think that, you know, they don't, they don't need the show anymore monetarily. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like this season feels like this kind of like we, Phoebe, you know, we talk about cycles all the time. This feels like this season feels like they've reached some sort of dead end in that cycle. Like there's not much more we can see with the current format of keeping up with the Kardashians. Maybe a different format of a show, which seems like they might be doing because they made a deal with Hulu. That's, that's the 
that's so funny because I keep thinking about that because this season is like so boring and horrible and I feel like part of it is that they're trying to like prove to the audiences that the cycle's over you know like I think that there's a lot that they could talk about like there's a there's a fuck ton going on in their lives yes you know it's 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 ongoing uh they could talk about Kanye that could be the focal point they could like really get into the Addison Rae Kourtney Kardashian lesbian sex thing that's going on over there like there's real shit that they could talk about but I think that because they've decided and it's obviously for money they decided to end the show because they could be richer doing other forms of public media um I think that they're proving to the audience they're like you don't want to look here anymore yeah because you can't say look away because then people would be like, I want what's going on. Like, what are you hiding from me? So yeah. they say, look, I'll show you everything. Look how fucking boring we are. There's nothing going on over here. Why do you want to even watch us anymore? You weird idiot. We're talking about fucking dolphins in Malibu. <laughs> yeah. Like you might as well just like watch your fucking like screensaver. Well, even the, even the Malibu aspect of this season, like it's like they've reached the edge of LA. Like they're on the yeah. edge of the ocean. What all that's left is vastness. Like there's nothing more. Like the next thing for them to do is to jump into the ocean. And I think going back to the dolphin thing, like the the ocean aspect of it is, I think, kind of interesting that they are like living in this house that just overlooks that. Like they're they're really surrounded by just the ocean, and it's and like the view. They always could keep showing the view of just this, you know, the expanse of the ocean. And I think that there's something that feels very empty. And like isolating in that, like you, they feel isolated more so than they usually. That just made me think of the next season, season 21 of Keeping Up With The Kardashians is going to be The Kardashians at Sea. <laughs> I would watch that. If there was a scene like there was in Real Housewives of New York in Columbia, in Cartagena on the boat, if there was a scene like that, I would, I would watch it. I would pay money to watch it. <sighs> No, I'd love to see the Kardashians like in like that situation. Like I'd love to see them in an actual crisis like that wasn't supposed to be filmed, like how they would handle it. Yeah, but that's the issue because like that's the whole thing about Paris uh, when Kim was robbed is that the cameras weren't there. She was finally alone and like the camera people and all the producers like there, I mean, they're like free childcare, shit like that. Like they're just, you know, that movie, uh, not the Motorcycle Diaries, but Easy Rider, Easy Rider. So in Easy Rider, something that I was always struck by, um, if you're like Gemma and you don't watch the movies, Easy Rider is a classic of American filmmaking. Um, but what's fascinating, fascinating to me is that there are these two guys, like a buddy movie almost, and they start in California. Like they like the, it's over because there's this whole like American fantasy of moving west and manifest destiny and like the emptiness of, of moving west, but this movie starts and they're like they've they've seen it they're there so the whole movie is some of their motorcycles going back east, and the farther they move east the closer they get to death and the closer they get to the void and you know I don't spoiler alert they both die at the end and like the last two seconds of the movie they got run over by a car. So it's just like, it's just like the going back east and I guess for the Kardashians, so like the like going back to Calabasas or I guess you could talk about it politically or whatever in terms of COVID, it's like going back to supposed like normalcy post-COVID is like this 
the same like uh, like metaphor of going back east into this total void, which might as well be death. Because you once once you've been there, once you've seen it, you can't go back. There's no it's 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 a whole it's a different it's a different sphere. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think too. I, I'm wondering how that kind of thing is going to like we were talking about with New Housewives of New York you know, this last season was like kind of a train wreck. Like how are they, what's going to be next? Like they're getting old. How are they going to end the show? Like how, what are they going to do with the franchise? And that brings me to thinking about Beverly Hills. The trailer for Beverly Hills, you know, looked um, really good, but in the same way, I forgot, like the watching the trailer really like revealed that like the, the, the character of Beverly Hills is like really about wealth. Like it's like extreme wealth, like mm-hmm. excessive, illegal, criminal wealth. Like, like, like the New York ones, it's just not the same. Like Beverly Hills, like, they, like in the trailer, they have that scene where they're all chanting, buy it. They're like, buy it, buy it. And then like Kyle puts on like a $1.2 million necklace. Like they're all now getting rich enough that like it's like how, but how does that result? Is it just going to keep going forever? Like, is it just going to, you know, like, yeah. it's just interesting to me. Like, just I'm excited to see how that plays out. And I feel like all these shows are getting to this point where, like, they're having to, like, the character of the show is like being defined more. Like, they're all getting much older. It's right. just interesting to me. It seems like Beverly Hills has some steam left, though. Oh yeah, for sure. They're on there. This is going to be such an interesting thing about the the end of that uh, of the Girardi marriage. It's going to be clearly the focal point. Yeah, and it'll just be a battle around like who to believe and just disinformation, psychological warfare coming from right ten different angles. I'm going to make a nomination to Chris to to explain to all of us and everyone listening to our pod. Uh, about the background of Tom Girardi and Erica Girardi and explain like what's going on because it's it's super fucked up and it implicates Gavin Newsom he knew all about it it and like Barbara Boxer and all these like big California Democrats it's like yeah so Tom Girardi famously is like one of the richest lawyers in America like he's claimed his net worth at like 250 million dollars insane insane amount of money but last month he was disbarred from the california bar right so it turns out that was like a long time coming but basically the way he got wealthy in the beginning was he was like the people's lawyer because he was really big into class class action lawsuits you know wins a lot of lawsuits even through like the scandal now has to deal with still these kinds of lawsuits where it's like somebody gets fucked over by whatever company you know and he wins you know however many millions of dollars and he gets 40 percent of whatever he wins so he became notorious for holding the money to basically try and get as much of it as possible to like spend it and then like if he had to he paid it back but a lot of the times either it was too much money to get it back or the statute of limitations would run out on like the ability to get it back because it took so long, right? So so it was kind of like this really bad, really not bad, I would say like morally insidious strategy of getting money. And he was doing this like from people who like needed the money, like needed like surgeries, you know, like people with burns, people like that were, you know, 
He literally Orson. stole the money from like the Lion Air 610 flight, like this flight that killed people with, and he won like, you know, $40 million and he stole tens of millions of dollars from these uh, families of this class action lawsuit. But what's crazy, the way it ties into like Erica Jane, the way it got found out in many ways was because she hired a financial forensics investigator to go over her, the finances to basically see like what, what, what's going on here? Like what would a divorce look like? Um, and they found out that basically he was doing these things. And so they kind of had to report it. And so it's kind of coming out because of the divorce in many ways, but you could argue it's also because for years people knew he was kind of doing this, you know? And there's like evidence to prove that. But the way he got away with it is because he was like either the guy who uh, was best friends with the head investigator of the California Bar Association and the president of the California Bar Association at one point. Right. And it goes all the way to Gavin Newsom openly stated one of the few people that he looks to to fill judge vacancies in the state of California is Tom Girardi. So clearly Gavin Newsom is getting some money, some sort of thing. And if you look at political contributions, he's gotten a shitload of money. And same with Barbara Boxer. Yeah. You know, both of them have gotten a shitload of money. And, you know, he just kind of basically corrupted his way out of being investigated and disbarred until recently. And the thing is, the crazy part is, is like, he makes a shitload of money. He makes tons of money. Like, he's worth $250 million and he probably stole like, you know, half of it. But let's say, you know, he stole like two thirds of it. So he, he would be worth like $100 million if he just like was an okay person. The lawsuits you usually do like pro bono because it's like four people who are like, he steals money from those people and then can pay off like the entire California bar and the entire California like judicial system. I'm right. sorry, the last, the last thing though is how that ties into Erica though is the fact that they found out in these investigations that a lot of the money was being funneled to her company, E&J Global LLC which was like basically the shell company he was using to yeah. take the money. And like what the, the logistics is, he took out a litigation loan, first of all, which is like a, a loan you use to like, if you need extra legal funds to fund like, you know, more paralegals, more lawyers, whatever. And he used that to pay for, you know, basically Erica Jane's like extravagant music career. <laughs> and then use the money of his clients from those settlements to pay that loan. And then it spiraled from there. So, but they also found direct payments from his clients to Erica Jane. So the money is completely the blood money, basically. You I mean, you have to call it. I mean, this like terrible money was what was funding Erica Jane's music career and kind of got her to the point where she could like get the media attention around it and like still become successful. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like the fast, like the fact that her career is funded, like the fact that she was like, she was like where he was laundering the money. It makes you think like, why did he marry her? Like it makes you, I think people who are that like conniving, like think about those things. I mean, he met this young waitress who like, you know, wanted to have a career and he saw, I'm sure he liked being married to her. She was like a pretty young thing, but I also think that he knew what he was doing. And that's the thing that I'm like with this season, obviously it's going to be like, did she know? Did she not know? 
I don't, how could you not know? I like, it's, it's her company. It's not like he was putting this somewhere else. It's how her employees are getting paid. It's like, I mean, her lifestyle has, her whole thing has always been excess, right? Like that's her, that's her whole thing is like excess. And, you know, like I always think about when she flew her glam squad to Berlin first class, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, and that she, that she spends $40,000 a month on glam. And it has no problem saying that, right? And writes these songs. Lady, about, well, Lady Gaga's ex stuff, you know, Katy right. Perry's backup dancers, like. No, yeah, but like, is she just delusional? Like, does she just think that like, she's like Lady Gaga, like what, you know, like, or is she just, or I, I think she fucking knew. I don't know. She must have known. Or she must have been like, why do we have all this money? You know, but like at the same time, I think that they get caught so often because they give themselves away. Like Jen Shaw literally gave herself away on camera. Like the, the, the article that like the article that describes like them kind of nabbing her was like, I think there was an investigation, but then they like watched the show and like they saw these things and they were like, I mean, maybe that's not exactly what happened, but like, I do think they're, they are, they are giving themselves away and like they're bragging is what gets people confused. What I'm curious about is that like Beverly Hills, like Dorit's PK is a, is, is a, is a finance, like he has got some shady financial stuff. He's also a money launderer. Mm -hmm. Also for sure, for sure. Kyle and Maurizio there's a lot of corruption in his real estate company. Yeah. And like, I wonder if we're ever going to see the Kyle Richards takedown legally. I think she's too powerful. I don't think she'd let it happen. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I do think that's the, the fascinating part is they do kind of give themselves away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To what I was saying earlier, to make a point out of the fact that he didn't need to do this. Like what got Girardi caught is being like, so just like, brazen with it to steal people's money and then spend most of it on like just like absolute extravagance extravagance that clearly show that he that he's using this money badly you know what I mean like well yes socially that's what happened but if we listen to the man if we listen to the man with the lava lamps (laughs) um and the man with the lava lamps is this British individual uh, in the in the in the twenty eight minute documentary that I recommend all of our listeners watch, we'll link it. Yeah, we'll link it. Yeah, we'll link. He's great. He has some very cool lava lamps. How did how the fuck did he get those lava lamps? Um, what he he what he said is the actual reason why Tom Girardi got implicated or not implicated got caught is because he left California, mm. which I thought was just like pure genius. Where it's like um, there is a case in Chicago where Tom Girardi does not have the type of friends that he has in California and in, uh, and in Los Angeles. And, and that, that the, the case that got him was a case based in Chicago uh, where he had embezzled funds from the Boeing Lion Air 610 plane crash. Mm-hmm. But it was only because he left Los Angeles and was no longer protected by his friends. Right. That he got caught, which I, I don't know. And to me, yeah, that's just kind of like that, you know, because every, you know, it, like Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives yeah. of um, Salt Lake City, but then it's like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which yeah. is not a city; it's a it's a community. And I think that there's like obviously this like there there's like a total geopolitical read 
um, on the Housewives franchise. And there's also just kind of like the law of geography, the law of the land uh, taken literally because it's, it's almost like this threat, you know, it's like you, you leave California and you go to jail. Right. And for me, that was just like very, very, uh, that was just like very mm-hmm. significant that the only reason he got caught was because he went to the Midwest and he, he no longer had the connection. So I actually mm-hmm. think that like Maurizio and PK, cause it's also always the husbands. Cause I think that oh. like in the 21st century, like lives of the wives, like women are still seen as this, as, as like very pure, like, I don't know what money is. Um, except for Jen, like, Jen's a girl boss. <laughs> yeah, I guess except for Jen. Which Jen's is a trailblazer. <laughs> but Jen's also not white. Yes. And all the other uh, like husbands who've been implicated or whatever, they're like, their wives are like very white, mm. you know, like very, like learned in like the sociability of like white femininity mm-hmm. the husbands commit the crimes and i think a lot of the times the wives know mm-hmm. and i think they do they do desperately want like to have that lifestyle and so like that's kind of this it's kind of like that class of people's like way of like providing for your family is like embezzling a little money you know like like kyle wants to like Dorit wants a Bentley, rose gold Bentley. PK is going to ship some money around, talk to some, you know, offshore, you know, like it's like, it is the way that they're like provided for. And I think there must be some like expectation that that's like what you're involved in. Like Lisa Vanderpump and Kent, like they're total criminals. Like, you know, they're totally, their restaurants are, I'm sure like the dog that's store the is thing like that's, they want it off the show, and I think the real because you know that they can solve any social issue on the show. But I think the yeah. real reason she left the show was because she did not want to be legally held accountable. Well, that's what I'm not looking forward to in this season of Beverly Hills is like this thing that happens in the Housewives all the time. Like I feel like we're very versed in this understanding of like the, this language that the show uses of like we're gonna get a lot of like legal stonewalling. Like we're gonna get a lot of that like. Like Erica, I think is going to talk, but I shouldn't she's going to talk in a dramatic way and she's going to get in fights with Sutton, who, by the way, sidebar, I love to see her get dragged. I hate that woman. Mm-hmm. And face. I can't stand her. Anyway, I think that like, that's going to be annoying is that like, we're going to, we're going to get a lot of like, oh, well, legally I can't speak about that. Like, you know, but like, but now it's all come out. So now we kind of know more. I think Erica might be making the right choice though in like being so public about it because I think Denise Richards' problem was that she didn't own, she didn't realize that that was actually a good storyline for her. Like her having an affair with Brandy is a good storyline and makes her character really interesting. And she would have been, she could have stayed on the show for so many seasons because that was so compelling. And instead she just like shut up and like wouldn't say anything about it. And she ruined the whole, the whole season. Like it was so boring. And like, Erica is smart because she also is going to need the money. She's yeah. like, she's like, I'm going to keep my character good and she's going to use it, which is like refreshing because I feel like there is like, there is kind of a movement with some housewives like Meredith is like when the newest one on the scene, who's like, I'm not going to engage, like, you know, that, that, that they don't really share everything. And right. I mean, I'm looking forward to Erica sharing, but I do anticipate a lot of that legal language stonewalling bullshit. Mm-hmm. What, what, what I love about uh, this season 
or what I think will be a, a extremely interesting and what's unique about this season, I think I really should say, is like like you're kind of mentioning, there's like a dramatic irony to the whole thing where we're like, I mean, at least I think it's more fun if you have the dramatic irony of knowing the legal situation and knowing the truth of like what's going on for real and then knowing what Erica tells them, how she portrays that and then seeing how each one of them interpret that or choose like what they choose to believe, what they don't believe will be extremely interesting. I mean, it's so rich. Like it's such an amazing social thing to watch the show, especially those, those moments. Like those moments of the housewives are so special when like something crazy happens and you know all about it and then you watch them all play it out. And like, yeah. that's what's really, I mean, that's what keeps me coming back for more. Yeah. Can it be dramatic irony if it's a if it's real? That's the question. If I'm saying it's dramatic irony, then I'm assuming it's fiction. But it it is like a real dramatic irony. Mm-hmm. Is it just time delay that creates? I mean, the shows are an interesting like study in duration and time, and your experience yeah. watching it is informed by your current current life, but your understanding that you're watching something from the past. The recent past, but it's still the past. And it is like a show mainly about the the selling of fictions. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like a series of fictional portrayals. So I guess dramatic irony can work because it's so coded in falsehoods. There's just like layer after layer of falsehood until you like look up what's going on. Or like, you know, the fact that like you can only figure this out through like the court cases or like what's actually alleged. Yeah. You know is like bravo will protect them and they will tell a different story and la- i remember last week with uh with alex we were talking about why <laughs> excuse you we were talking about why uh at the beginning it was so off-putting for alex on real housewives in new york to like go around the parties and be like can you get my kid into this private school and i think we kind of came to the conclusion that it was because no one knew what reality television was for, especially the people on it. But I, I think that like 15 years later, I, I think that we've finally come closer to figuring out what it's for. And this may even be the answer. It's for, it's for innocence. Mm. You know, you go on the show as a way to prove your innocence. Mm. And I think that the show serves as this type of like, almost like last resort platform. Because also it was saying that the the weird British guy at the Lava Lamps was also saying that like, Erica Jane went on the show in 2015, which is when uh, Tom Girardi was start, was, was it, the, it was starting to be inundated with these lawsuits. Um, Jen Shaw obviously was trying to run away from something. She wanted a type of protection. And I think that people who are on the show, and like, you know, Sonia Morgan, she's on the show. She gets into all types of legal trouble. And I think that like, yeah, of course the show exacerbates legal trouble because being in the spotlight or, you know, it, it makes you more susceptible to crime and being seen. But I also, I also think, think that the show like, like serves us this type of like, protective gaze or something where Erica Jane like now has a platform and now she can be like this is what I'm going to say this is what I'm not going to say everyone knows who I am it's you know it's like the the jury is or like the millions of viewers who who tune in or or something like that innocence is preserved by controlling your narrative 
Like you get to tell your story. Like the tabloids can tell your story. Press can tell your story and people can choose to follow that or they can watch you on the show and they can be convinced by your humanity because we like, we like to feel like, like you do feel like you're getting some sort of insider view, even though you're definitely not, but like, that's how it feels. And I think that that's what, that's how they preserve their innocence or how they prove their innocence is by creating their, they get to tell their story. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a battle for reality at the level of the production of reality itself. You know, it's like they get to fight because the majority of people will know the narrative through their fighting over it. I mean, they might, they might look at you and be like, that's bullshit. Or they might be like, she seems like a nice lady, I'll believe her. But at least you're fighting for the version of reality that will be told. You know, in, in like intelligence, they would be like, this is like disinfo. The level of like, you know, I might be screwed and this might look bad in the future. So if I can humanize myself, you know, like you're saying, like, if I can, if I can tell my version of reality, whether it be true or not, like, sometimes it is like really true. Like, sometimes it's like good that people come on the show because you get to learn more about them. I think like uh, Denise Richards, I thought that was kind of true about, but yeah, it's like, it's like you're saying, the, the show itself is, is a weapon in, in the battle for how reality yeah exists in the minds of like americans the audience generally just the world the reality of the situation i guess yeah yeah that's that's great i mean i also think like there's something that i always think about in these kinds of conversations and i don't really know if i have a clear point here but like you know i wonder if there could be ever like if there's like a feminist read of that right like that they are able to like craft their narratives as women when like so often the narratives of women are dictated by other things or like their husbands and like but at the same time Andy Cohen is giving them that opportunity and I don't think he he doesn't want them to come out favorably you know like I don't know I, I always think about that like where's the feminist part of it like because like they are women that are get they have this huge platform and they are like able to kind of give and like there are people who like genuinely like do look at certain housewives and are like you inspire me you know like like that they have their own business you know like there's just owning your own narrative is interesting like the idea of ownership of their version of reality you know is powerful that they have that tool yeah it's i think it's definitely a certain sect of feminism right right and I, I think that you have on the one hand the very obvious like pussy hat Carol Radzewell feminism, which is I you know it's it, that's like the Democrat feminism. Yeah. But then you also have the a lot of other people on the show who are either like diehard Republicans or um, or like don't say who they voted for. Um, you have the like constant refrain of like woman supporting woman. Oh my god, yeah. But, and but that's something that it post twenty sixteen in the show kept because that that I, we you never heard that before the 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 Trump Hillary election. But then all of a sudden, no matter who these women voted for, their big thing whenever they got in, it was it's like it's like the it's like their best ad hominem attack. You know, they're always like, well, you must not be a woman who supports other women. And everyone just says that all the time. Um, 
I don't know. It's like, it's like definitely, I guess it's, it's definitely like a certain type of feminism, but. Well, I'm reminded of Ramona's tagline from, I forget which season, but it's one of my favorite ever. It's, I like to make my own money. I find that an, an aphrodisiac. Yeah, that's I the first that. that's the like, first season. She stutters when she says it like she's like I find aphrodisiac. And it's like Ramona has like horrible politics. You know, she's like a huge she was at like Trump like Jared Trump what the what the fuck his name is like at like a covid party without masks in like May like in the Hamptons. And like she, and then then she turns around on the show and she's like, she's like, Bethany, you don't support other women. She's like, I'm a feminist. I make my own money. I tell my daughter she has to be in control of her life. And like, in like the latest season, Bethany's like cracking up because like Ramona goes with somebody in a bar like this, like they're at Hooters. No, no, yeah, no, it's in season three. They're on, they're on like a Hooters boat. Like she just goes up to this like Hooters waitress and is like, listen, you must get an education. And it's like. <laughs> That's I think so the Hooters funny. waitress is like, it, I, I think that the thing is like, they realize that the Hooters like woman, like, like did go to college or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange. Go ahead. No, just like bringing it back to the earlier today to bring it back to the Kardashians and everything. So today, um, Sunday, April 18th is Kourtney Kardashian's 42nd birthday. Happy birthday. And it's also the would-be birthday, R.I.P., seriously, of, like, a hero, uh, Kathy Acker. Mm-hmm. And then to, to tie it all together, both Kathy Acker, who I, get, I think would have been, like, 72 or 77 today, Kathy Acker and Erica Girardi started out their artistic careers as strippers in New York City. There you go. And I'm not... Who the fuck knows what Kathy? There are many people who who know what Kathy Acker would be thinking and doing better than I do today. But I mean, I don't I don't think Kathy Acker would have liked the Housewives one bit. Um, so I'm not saying that there's like a connection between them, but it was just kind of it's like it's just like a weird serendipity almost that it's like Kourtney Kardashian and Kathy Acker. Yeah. It's like this disgusting coincidence that they're like born on the same day and today we're like celebrating like like all the all the like celebrity accounts are like celebrating Kourtney Kardashian's birthday but all the like like independent bookstores that I follow on Instagram like R.I.P. Kathy Acker. Who, like, are they Aries? Are they both Arieses? Yeah they're both Aries. Interesting. What if they were born like at the no no different years obviously. I was like, what if they're the same age? Okay, that horrifying Instagram um, by Travis Barker. Disgusting Instagram. Oh my God. What, is it? what was it? It's like Kourtney Kardashian. Like it's, like a it's, view- like- it's so fucked up. It's like a, it's like an iPhone video of her. Like it looks like she's sucking his dick, and then she like she's like eh, like sucking his thumb, and then like she like she's like she's like on like this fleshy mound and you're like what the fuck and then like she sucks out and it's her thumb and it's like or it's his thumb and it's like ew dude (laughs) is travis barker the blink 182 yeah look at that they're they're together now yeah that's weird but it's like uh sexual you know no well the thing about their relationship is that publicly it's extremely sexual like he posted a photo of like a pool or something i don't know and just t- captioned it all day. I dream about sex with you and tagged Courtney in it. And like, yeah. there are all these photos, like he was posting all these photos. Like, I know this because I follow this stupid account, but like 
he was posting all these photos of like her ass and it was like didn't really watch many movies and like it's like are you 12 years like congratulations you're having sex travis barker right. like what <laughs> like you have three like an emotional thing yeah <laughs> but also it makes season 20 of the kardashians fake as hell because like scott's like let's get married and it's like she's clearly has already been fucking Travis Barker. Also, they've been friends for like years, Travis Barker and Courtney. Like he shows up on the show in other times. I I hate the way it looks. I hate the tattoos. It's like, okay, clearly like Travis and Courtney have been there in love, you know? No, but that's also, I think that that's like part of the show as well, which is like, why why watch the show when you can like follow them on Instagram and Twitter and, yeah. and shit like that. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense anymore to have a reality show that like necessitates like production value and editing when you could just like, right. ah. yeah, that's true. But I also, my value in it is I would watch the Kardashians in the same way for the same value that I would watch like Stalinist propaganda videos, you know, <laughs> there's something interesting about how they portray themselves. Right. But know? most people in, in the cutting and the, like the yeah. weird, weird well, ways they act. I'm like, this is so interesting yeah and that's why Gem and I watch it as well but <laughs> yeah. not but I would say that that's like like that, that's like a niche reason to watch it I would say the majority of the yes. people like yes, who yes. watch reality television Absolutely. wouldn't like equate it ever to like Stalinist propaganda videos nor know where to find them <laughs> I know I honestly don't even know who Stalin is but I doubt that a lot of the people who are like diehard Kardashian fans like like take seriously the like oh, political impact of Stalin <laughs> I also want to just like well, as we wrap up, I want to just say that this season of Beverly Hills will be blessed because fucking Teddy is gone. I hate Teddy. I hate Teddy so much. Teddy was the worst. Like, Good riddance, bitch. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to see Sutton get dragged. I can't wait to see Sutton get dragged by the new cast member who's Asian American, who's like you don't see color, and Sutton's like, what? Oh, also there's a Scott and Amelia preview. Um, oh, right. which the crossover. They, I think that they dropped. I feel like this is all all a publicity machine for Amelia Gray Hamlin because Lisa Rinna wants fame more than anything. Amelia clearly wants to be a Kardashian. She's literally making herself into a Kardashian, and she wants the same like life as them. But I think they dropped the vid, like the then their announcement, pretty close to the tra- Housewives trailer, and then they cut that into the trailer so that like. Because there's a whole group of people that probably want to know about their relationship that are going to watch to find out about Scott and Amelia. You but know? that's also just like Scott, you know, Scott, Scott's an addict. And I think that he is an addictive personality, whatever that means. But I think that Scott's, you know, Scott's become addicted to being in the spotlight and he doesn't really know what to do with his life post Kardashians. Yeah, so now he's like you? dating the 19 year old on the, on the, like on the next biggest reality show. And, and now Kyle, it's like the crossover. Right. And Kyle says, like, in a clip from the trailer, Kyle's like, he's too old. He has three children. <laughs> and yeah. then she's like, she's also like really drunk and laughing when she says that. Yeah. I mean, it's just I like, it's all so funny to them. It's just like yeah. everything. How could not be? It's just all very funny to, to, to all of them. And you saw, I don't know if you also watch Kim Kardashian's Instagram stories at like 3 a.m. when you're having insomnia, but I do. And um, they all, like all the Kardashians went to a rave in Vegas this past weekend, like like a legit rave, which I mean, good for them. I also, I would, I would also like to go to a rave, but like. That's funny. 
it's not just like a party you know what I mean it's not just like oh whatever they went to a party it's like they legit went to a rave with like a DJ and like thousands of people in the audience right I mean but also the whole season when it's COVID and they're like COVID is so hard like there's only like 25 people in and out of their house constantly like they're not following the rules they like keep saying everyone's getting tested but it's like yeah sure you know well I think that they've all been vaccinated for months by now and I you know what I mean like I don't they didn't release the vaccine didn't get approved till recently I think it got I think they probably like got it before it was released or something like I you know like I think that the first ones for sure I think that they were either like the first ones to get it after it was released also I think that you know like we all know we all know about the medical industrial complex I think that part of the reason that like these companies make so much money I would assume that they're getting a lot of money from very rich people who are like give me the fucking vaccine now so they get the vaccine to like the Kardashians and the whoever's first and then they start the process Mm -hmm. of, of of the whole facade but, of like is it safe is it not safe but, do we yeah. know do we not know and then us like plebeians can get it in like order of our age and but, underlying conditions but Gemma's Gemma's completely right there that like remember when like Courtney uh like MJ wanted to have her birthday yeah. she always has in San Diego and, and and Courtney's like I think there's a way for her to safely have her birthday in San Diego <laughs> it's like the start of the pandemic like it's like mid-pandemic or like high yeah. pandemic and Chris is like, there's no way, there's no way. And she's like, I don't think they're really like thinking about all of the options. No, here. but then they all go to the Malibu house and they have the birthday party and it's like funny. none of them are wearing masks. Right. MJ, right, right. oh yeah, yeah. But also, but also I would also say that episode made me really sad for, okay, I actually would love to have a full episode about MJ. First of all, she's the only one who has aged naturally and it's so weird to see her around all of them because she's like a normal old woman who's like going to die and like you can see it and with all of them so not it's like it's really a stark thing she does look close to death she looks close to death gonna die soon and when she does i will i will say a little prayer you know the woman she's she's been by my side i'll make an instagram post about about him but that episode made me really sad because like chris was like you know, my mom's just been like by herself and like, they're all like filming the show, having all these people over. Chris basically like jailed her mother. Like she was like, no, you can't live in San Diego anymore. You got to move to Calabasas where you have no friends and I'm never going to come visit you. You're just going to stay in that house. Like, you know, and then like, and then with COVID, she's like, he's been all alone. And I'm like, Chris, you're like 70. You you shouldn't be hanging out too. Like, you know, I'm like, but that episode made me really sad because they're like, oh, our grandma, here she is. And I'm like, she's been alone. Where have you been? Yeah, where have you been? <laughs> don't you don't you love how I, I think my favorite like Kardashian fun fact is that Chris Jenner was a stewardess. Love. It's like made me look at stewardesses in like a totally different light. Like whenever I go on an airplane these days, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. My mom Who knows. Yeah. I was watching the Kardashians with my mom when she was here. <laughs> And she was like, they got to put a wig on the grandma. <laughs> I was like, she's like, and slap some red lipstick on her too. And I was like, no, she wearing she's wearing wearing, it's the, or her hair's dyed. And like, oh. my mom was like, and I was like, no mom, she's just very classic. She's like Audrey Hepburn. And my mom was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Monica. Does Monica uh, hate that you watch reality television? No, no, she loves my passion for it. She's a very she supportive mother. Yes, she is. I mean, she also she also wants to come on to talk about being a woman of a certain age. 
Mm. Oh. The New York Housewives, because I was talking to her about that. All right. Well, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we should. So thank you for Chris for coming on today. We loved the convo and you will be seeing more of them. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I love you guys' podcast. Long time, long time listener, you know, in waiting, I should say. But I've, I've loved every episode you guys have put out so far. I'm subscribed. For your listeners, follow me on Twitter, Young Agamben, uh, and then listen to our podcast, which should have its first episode out by the time this airs. So it's called Decode. Uh, follow us, follow that on Twitter or follow us on you know, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple, whatever, whatever you get your shit on, follow us and please follow money. Money can't buy you class. Well, let's, let's end, let's end with, we always kind of end with something so we can. Like find the dolphin in your life. (laughs) Find the dolphin. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And if it's not a dolphin, it might as well be a dolphin. So it's there. And the ocean is there. (laughs) The ocean is there and it's big. And it's full of dolphins. Don't back down if you see an alien. Don't back down. Don't back down. Don't be a pussy like Chloe.